Before we start this NFC North Primer episode, just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus. Um, you know, we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe. Uh, but as well as that, just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working, supporting the communities, whether it is um, frontline workers in the medical field like doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals, whether it is teachers who are still out there teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers, um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but I uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. Gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 11 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast. These episodes are coming thick and fast as we get ready to the lead up of the draft, which is uh, tomorrow, depending on when you listen to this. But uh, today is Wednesday and the draft is tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, This episode will be covering the NFC North, which has, of course, the Packers, who made the NFC Championship game last year. You've got the Vikings, who had a strong run in the playoffs. Uh, the Bears, who've been quite busy in free agencies, and the Lions, who've been very busy in free agency, and of course have the um, early pick at number three in the draft. So a lot of interesting takes to come from the fans of each of those teams. Uh, just before we do get started, I just want to give a shout out to Regular Gonzalez for the song Chains, which is the intro music on our podcast. Uh, also, a continual shout out to Natasha, wife of Chiggs, who's been allowing Chiggs to work on these podcasts almost daily at the moment as we're trying to fire out the content leading up to the draft and of course a shout out to the NFL lads as well who are a great community on Facebook big supporters of ours uh, have tons of free giveaways so do check them out on Facebook and on Instagram that's the NFL lads right let's break down the NFC North okay so first up in the NFC North uh, we have the Minnesota Vikings and unfortunately our friend Gary who was supposed to join for the Vikings, uh, has been asked to join a work emergency. Just want to say, you know, best of luck with everything, Gary. I know you're working with children in broken homes. Very commendable work that you're doing, especially in light of um, everything that's happening. So it's a shame you couldn't join us, but we look forward to having you on soon. So for this uh, breakdown, we do have Chiggs and Mo. So how are you doing, Chiggs? Yeah, all good, thanks. All good. How are you? Mo? Very peachy here. Very peachy. It's a very unique term. Not heard that used often. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the Vikings then. Uh, clearly a team who had a lot of uh, issues with the cap. And you can see that in the moves that they've made. They have lost a lot of starting or start-worthy players. I think the big ones are, you know, their cornerbacks in particular. They've lost Trey Wayans, who's gone to the Bengals. Xavier Rhodes, who's gone to the Colts. Um, Sendejo, who's gone to the Browns. Mackenzie, who's gone to the Bengals as well. And then Lin- Linval Joseph, who's gone to the um, uh, Chargers. But they have brought in Michael Pierce to sort of replace him. But I think the big one for fantasy purposes was, of course, trading away Stefan Diggs. Uh, they did get a decent amount of draft capital for him, including, quite importantly, the first uh, from the Bills. So now you see the Vikings with picks 22 
and 25 um, in the first round, and then also uh, pick 58 and then 89 in the second and third rounds. So it's, it's an interesting one. In fact, they've got a compensatory pick as well at the end of the third. So they do have a fair amount of draft capital on the first three first three rounds. So first of all, uh, Mo, what are your thoughts on that Diggs trade uh, from a Vikings perspective? Uh, do you think they got a good haul for him or ended up trading him away cheap? Um, no, I actually think it was a great haul. Um, I mean, everyone knew uh, Diggs wanted out of Minnesota. He was very upset there. Uh, one way or the other, he wasn't going to resign. And, you know, getting a first rounder, um, I mean, I, I mean, I think that's great. Yeah, of course. And then there was also uh, the, the overall trade was convoluted because there were fifth, sixth, fourth, seventh all sort of stuff involved. But I agree. I think considering this is a player who wanted out and seemed, uh, dis, you know, seemed um, unhappy at the Vikings, I think they got a decent haul. Uh, Chiggs, any further thoughts on the Diggs trade? Because that that is the blockbuster fantasy trade from a Vikings perspective. Yeah, definitely. I mean. You know, Stefan Diggs, talent-wise, you know, right up there um, with the sort of the top players, I say, in the league. Um, from a fantasy perspective, he's a kind of a bit, bit inconsistent, I'd say, and especially when you've got Adam Thielen there as well, and they're not a particularly high-volume passing offense. Um, I think, you know, he had some big games. I think you own him in uh, one of our leagues, I mean, and you probably experienced it where, you know, he'd have those kind of big blow-up games, but then he could also go missing. Um, so, you know, I think they're definitely going to be in the market for a wide receiver. Obviously, Adam Thielen's getting on a bit now as well. So I think from a fantasy perspective, I think from Diggs's perspective, I'm not sure, you know, it still remains to be seen how much value that'll increase for Diggs, you know, going from Kirk Cousins to... Josh Allen, I think it improves Thielen's numbers for this season coming up. For Kirk Cousins, it's going to be an interesting one. I think that's kind of, you know, if, you, if you're in a super flex league, you know, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be your QB1, but would you be targeting him as a QB2? I would, just because I think he has that Russell Wilson factor about him, albeit to a lesser extent in that he's a, I think he's a fairly accurate passer. And I think he's got good composure as well. Uh, we saw some of his best games, arguably, in the Vikings jersey uh, in the playoffs when they did get there. Um, it evades me who they did end up losing to in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, for what it's worth, I thought Cousins actually had a... It was the 49ers, wasn't it? And I thought Cousins actually played mm -hmm. fairly well uh, in that. But they just couldn't get the offense started. They were missing Dalvin Cook, if I remember. So they were relying on... Was it sort of Boone um, as the starter? Uh, I think yeah. I, can't, I can't even remember. Madison, Madison was out too. Yeah. yeah, Madison and Cook were out. And that's a big part of their offense um, as well. And of course, you know, they've, they've lost their OC now, right? He's gone to be the head coach uh, somewhere. Uh, the Browns, right? That's it, the yeah. Browns. Yeah, yeah. Stefanski. And um, you could tell that uh, Mike Zimmer really i mean he got rid of the previous oc because there were the perception was that he was too pass heavy and that's why he specifically bought in stefanski to base the whole offense around the run game so you get to the playoffs and then you lose your two starting running backs it was obviously going to be a challenge and you know boone 
had a couple of good weeks, but he is just that. He's a sort of backup guy in case of emergency. Um, but I think where the Vikings are, especially with the cap situation, they've got a lot of needs at the moment. And there has been some whispers whether they use their two first to trade up to get one of those elite receivers and join the cluster of teams in the need for the receiver market like the Broncos, Jets, 49ers, Raiders, uh, for example. But I think, as we discussed earlier on the episode, having lost three starting corners and a couple of other players on defense, I'm not sure if they're going to be too keen on moving up. I think they're a candidate to either stay where they are or maybe even trade down one of the picks to get more capital. But I don't know, Mo, what are your thoughts on Vikings now having two firsts? Um, I, 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 if I was, if I was in that position, I would, um, I would hold the picks they have. I wouldn't trade up. Um, if anything, maybe trade down to get additional picks. But I think they need to go, they need to go corner in their one of their first rounders. Um, unfortunately, um, a lot of the, a lot of the top corners would be probably gone by their, I think, the twenty second pick. Um, and if if that's the case, they can maybe, I mean, they can probably still grab an elite wide receiver like in Jefferson or, um, from LSU. But uh, I mean, they also need it. Like, like you said, they do. They do have a lot of needs in in, in the defensive side as well. Um, they could go edge, but it. I think it's all going to be based on how the board falls. I, I think it'd be a reach to trade up, trade up for any of the wide receivers, in my opinion, especially with the needing corner. If if I mean, if any, if they're going to trade up, I would almost go with one of the elite corners, um, in my opinion. But uh, I, I would just stay where I'm at. Um, hopefully, you get a decent corner to fall to you. Wide receiver wise, I think you're fine with the depth in the in, in this draft. Um, you, you you can even you know if if you have other needs you want to um, address, you can maybe even wait till second or third round and still get a decent wide receiver. Yeah, so think, that's a... sorry, oh, Jake's gone. So I was going to say, I think um, I think that's the, the the thing with this wide receiver class is you know it's we've all said it's it's super deep. Um, you know, you got a few kind of standout talents um but i think the the overall perception is you know there's a lot of good players that can contribute so you know unless you de- unless you're desperate for one of those you know the cd lambs and you know jerry judy's of the world you can still pick up very very good wide receivers by holding your position even trading down you know t higgins from clemson um justin jefferson lsu if anything, actually, next year's class potentially from the wide receiver could be even more loaded than this year. So actually, there could be an argument to be saying, hold your position now and targets. You know, you've got Jamar Chase is coming out next year from LSU, who arguably could be the best of both of this year and next year's class. The the one I, I was thinking prior to sort of this week, so even a week ago, I thought the Vikings could be a prime candidate to target either as Mo said Justin Jefferson or even Denzel Mims but from what I'm reading I think Mims's stock has certainly risen and he's being talked about as a top 20 pick now so it could be that if that's somebody they've got because as a Broncos fan I've been keeping an eye on the mock drafts and forever we were linked with Henry Ruggs but now he seems he could go before pick 15 and the name that's coming out is Denzel Mims who I think ran a 4-3-7-4-3-8 uh, but you know, does also have a lot of qualities. So, yeah, yeah, so um, I don't know if the Vikings had somebody like him in mind or a Jefferson, as um, as Mo was saying. But it's going to be interesting. And then with Kirk Cousins, he's got the off-season extension, so he's pretty safe in that in that spot. I don't think there's anything to really debate at quarterback. 
Um, with with wide receivers, so Mo, I know you're a Dalvin Cook owner. What are your thoughts on his injuries that have happened through college and through his pro career now? Um, it's it's a little it's a little bit of a concern. Um, I think in the long run he's all right though. Last year wasn't anything major. I mean, unfortunately, it did hurt me. He wasn't there during uh, the playoffs, uh, the the fantasy playoffs. But I mean, that was just because uh, the uh, the Vikings wanted to hold him. And, you know, make sure he was healthy for the actual NFL playoffs. And so that was a little disappointing. But um, um, I think I, I, I'm, I am a little concerned here uh, as for like the, the share load, if anything. But I, I think he's still going to be an elite back. I mean, his I mean, his breakaway speed is the way he, the way he hits those holes. I mean, he's 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 a, he's a top tier running back. And I'm not they, they're, they're going to they're going to use him. There's no question about it. I mean, he he's he's one at, at this point. I mean, as long as long as new OC coordinator kind of sticks with the run heavy offense, he's going to be the focus point of the offense. And he's one great thing he's done is improved his catching, uh, catch and run ability. His PPR, I think he was, I think he was up there ranked top five in PPR wise, if I'm not mistaken. He was. He's he's definitely a, a a three down back. So I don't think there's much disputing that. I think the the concern people would have, particularly as he would have led a lot of people down in the um, fantasy playoffs is you know how early you want to to take him basically um but it's interesting you know so chigs how would you rate let's say these three kamara cook and mixon what would be your one two three if all were available to you and in a startup let's say so it's funny so obviously in our mock draft we did um a few weeks ago uh dalvin cook was the first guy to go of those three right at the back end of the first and then it was Kamara and Mixon and I was a little bit surprised by that I would still probably take Kamara over over Cook just because of the injury concern I mean it you know you're splitting hairs I think you know Cook's very very good player but you know as you say if you get to the playoffs and he goes down you know it kind of it kind of ruins everything but um you know as Mo says I think He's going to have another very good year. They were going to be a run-heavy offense. Um, you know, Kubiak um, is going to be the offensive coordinator. You know, he was there last year, so I think there'll be continuity. They're going to keep playing the same way. I think you know, still rely on a defense um, to to be the sort of main main contributors. On you know, and then keep the games tight, run the ball, play action. Yeah. I think so. Uh, I think where the interesting one will be is um, who they bring in at receiver, as we've discussed already. Because at the moment, when you look at what's there um, outside of Adam Thielen, there's nobody that really screams out. I know BC Johnson is somebody you took a liking to last season, but it's still probably a bit early for him to be given those, you know, wide receiver two targets. Tajay Sharp never really did it with the Titans. And then outside of that, there's there's you know nobody of note whatsoever. I mean, Chad Beeb had a few good games last season, but uh, it'd be interesting. And then at tight end, uh, they've got you know the two big ones from a catching perspective are of course Carl Rudolph and Irv Smith. Is this a year that you'd be targeting Irv Smith, or do you still think it's too early for him? I mean, he's only 21 at the moment, you know, so he is a young prospect, but came in quite highly regarded so uh chigs what are your thoughts on 
Irv Smith for this year alone, let's say? So, from a dynasty perspective, he's he's a guy I would be targeting. Um, you know, one of those kind of sleeper picks that people kind of think go a little bit under the radar. Um, I think you know, we had a, a question in from um, from one of the listeners before. You know, those kind of later round sort of picks. He's definitely a guy. He showed a lot of good potential there. I still think though, from from this season alone, Carl Rudolph's still going to be the main man there. You know, he's he's not going anywhere. You know, there was a lot of rumours about him getting traded away last year. You know, potentially to New England and so forth. He um, he's still you know he's still a very good red zone target for Cousins. Um, still very productive as a tight end, you know, tight end one. And I, I expect that to continue this season. So Irv Smith's kind of a guy I'd say you're looking at for a little bit further down the road rather than this season. Yeah, and this is the thing with all Vikings pass catchers. I suppose you'd say Thielen less so, but they they all have the potential to be boom or bust. And it's the same with Rudolph. You could have a game where he gets 150 yards and two touchdowns, and the very next game he could lay a goose egg on you. And this is the worry with that offense, which is quite keen, you know, to focus on the um on the on the run. And I mean, even looking at Kirk Cousins here, there are there are some games where, you know, he's only got 20 to 25 pass attempts. And when you're working with that, sometimes it's going to be quite hard to then have fantasy relevant numbers. So, yeah, yeah it's interesting, as I said, you know, draft draft capital wise, the, the Vikings are working with a lot. So it could be a uh, interesting team to watch when it comes to the draft. I certainly see them moving up or down with some of those first few round picks. Um, so, you know, let's see how the Vikings get on. But let's uh, what, what do you think about um, having feelings value from you know, this season and from a dynasty perspective? Obviously, now the clear wide receiver one there. I mean, uh, if you're a win now team, I'd, I'd be willing to overpay for Adam Thielen because I think he's going to be a target monster there. And he is probably one of the best slot receivers in the game as well. So I think he adds a lot of value and not just that he sort of seemed to be Kirk Cousins favorite target as well and I can't really see that changing too much but you know with that comes an old receiver who is age 29 coming on to 30 he's also a player who's had his own fair share of injuries over the last season or two I think he missed most of the start of last season right so if you had him he could have jeopardized your fantasy season because you could have been a player you drafted in the first three or four rounds. But I think with what he showed, and particularly in the playoffs, he really showed up in the playoffs, he'd probably be a player that I um, target, but only if I'm a win now. And that said, if I'm a team that owns Thielen, and I don't think I've got realistic chance of winning, I'd try and get a first and, you know, maybe something on top to try and trade him away and get one of these, those younger receivers because I can really see a world where after this season, Thielen starts dealing with a lot, especially mm-hmm. if, if he has to carry the load this year. But that's just my view. Mo, what are your thoughts on Thielen? Uh, I agree. I think, he, I think he'll be a top wide out this year. Um, long-term wise, um, I, I'm not, let's see, he's, what is he, fourth, fifth year in the league? Uh, seven. Seven, seven, yeah. Oh wow! Oh, well, definitely. Uh, if you're in win, I agree with you. If he's in, if you're in win, win now mode, that's where you want to go. 
Um, uh, yes, you you are you are concerned a little bit of his injuries, but I don't think it's that major to sway away from him. He's um, it's it's going to be interesting of what the Vikings do moving forward. And again, they're also a run heavy offense, um, but I think he's he just he just has that connection with. Um, you know, with uh, Cousins, um, the new receiver they draft. I mean, rookie receivers never succeed. You know, n- never, never go to the top of the charts in the very first year, especially in the beginning, just because they got to build that rapport with the the QB. So I, I think, I think Adam's Adam Thielen's going to be just a mo- especially a PPR monster in any league this year. So I, I would, I would like, I guess in a redraft league, I would be targeting him maybe like second or third round. I mean, pretty early, depending on you know where he comes ranked in most of these uh, leagues or, you know, most of these uh, fantasy rankings. But I, he, I think I'm very bullish on him. And I totally agree with you. I think if, if you're, if you're in a dynasty uh, league, if you're a win now mode, I say you overpay for him and, and take him. Okay. So here's, here's an interesting one then, because I, I know what happened in our mock draft. I'm pretty sure it went one way, but if you're in a redraft or a dynasty league, who are you taking, um, for the you know, if you're a win now team, Thielen or Julio Jones, because they're both in that very limited window. <laughs> but you could argue Thielen has less competition for targets, right? Julio all day long. I think I, I mean, would take Julio too. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm biased on this, but Julio has proven, you know, season after season, and he doesn't score any touchdowns. You know, he still finishes top three, top five. You know, he's top two in the position and he can do it again easily you know I think Thielen's very very good but I can't I can't see a season where Adam Thielen finishes as the wide receiver one in fantasy whereas Julio can easily see that yeah and it's interesting because I agree I'd go Julio but if Thielen didn't have the injury that he did last season I think it'd be much of a much more of a debate because then you could argue that Thielen's generally kept fit and he's the favorite target and, you know, a few other things. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. So, um, I mean, I really like the value of Alan Thielen in a, in a dynasty league. You know, he didn't go in the first four rounds in our, in our mock draft. And you're probably looking at him in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, you know, that kind of range again, where you're starting to see some of these older running backs, older wide receivers, um, you know, there's there's a lot of value to be had in those rounds from you know guys like Tyler Lockett and Thielen and stuff, Keenan Allen, just who you know who you think's going to produce. And you know, I think as you said, you guys have said, I think Adam Thielen this season's primed to have quite a good year. Yeah, I, I would. I think value wise, I would be taking Thielen because you can get him fifth, sixth round in a dynasty. While Julio, I think you would have to pay that premium third or fourth round. So in in that situation, I'll be taking Thielen in a later round. Yeah, yeah, so I think in one of my in one of my teams in, in that draft, I took AJ Brown over Julio, obviously to go for the younger guy at the position, you know, which means that not actually I can then pick up a Thielen or something, you know, in those rounds five to six, and get that value there where I've got the young receiver complementing, you know, the the veteran who's going to produce now. That that's that's something to say. I mean, uh, that's that's actually that's actually a great point here. You should never draft with your heart. I mean, if 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 anything, Chick should have drafted Julio. As a, a massive fan, he is. He's got his jerseys. He's got probably his cleats. Probably got his little you know, used towels or whatever. But he's a huge Julio fan. And I'm I was shocked that he took AJ Brown over Julio um, uh, on that in a mock draft, especially on a mock draft. And that's that's something to say. I mean, 
Uh, I think when you're drafting in these leagues, you should always draft, you know, you know, don't wear not not with your heart. Draft what makes the most sense. <laughs> that that's true, but also sometimes if you if you love a player that much and you want him in your team, you overpay for him, you know, like I think it's easier in redraft probably. Obviously, because if you make a mistake there in the dynasty league, it sets you back, but yeah, maybe I'll stick to drafting Julio in the in the first in uh, my redraft leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not in dynasty. I think that'd be a hard one to justify in dynasty league. Okay, well, that was our Vikings breakdown, uh, and um, you know we'll continue on to the next team on the NFC North. Okay, so next up in the NFC North, we have the Chicago Bears. And representing the Bears, we have Chris joining us. So, Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, good, thanks. Good, thanks. How are you? Doing pretty well, thanks. Uh, doing pretty well. So, Chris, we actually met as um, we were in a Dynasty League together. Uh, in fact, that was my first uh, venture into Dynasty. So, has has Dynasty now become your favorite form of fantasy? Or do you still prefer season-long or keeper leagues? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think Dynasty is my definitely my favourite um, in in season. Actually, um, I, I, I sort of I sort of waver between the redraft and the Dynasty, but the fact that you can you know trade trade down, trade up, I think the trading is just so much more interesting in, in Dynasty. So yeah, it's definitely my favourite. Awesome. So how did you how did you get to becoming a Bears fan then, Chris? Um, so it, it was fairly innocuous i went went to um america on a work trip and the closest big city was chicago so we spent the middle weekend there this was about 10 years ago um and um unfortunately it was the bears bye week um but uh, i went to the stadium did the did the tour went around the museum you know saw the lombardi trophy saw the history there bought an a brian Erlacher shirt um i couldn't couldn't bring myself to bring a buy a, cut, a cutler shirt um so, <laughs> so um so yeah and then um but just by chance they were at Wembley the year after so I got tickets for that went to see them they beat the Bucks um saw Matt Forte and Erlacher and you know I kind of um having been that kind of style in rugby myself like tough defense run the ball smash it smash it in the, in the face and then I read read about the um you know read about the 85 Bears and their history and they're one of the founding NFL teams uh, and, you know, uh, of two, only two that are left in the NFL. And, you know, they just sounded like a, a great team with rich history and, and sort of my kind of uh, play style as well. That's yeah, as good a reason as any. Uh, as we've been saying a lot of times on these um, individual team breakdowns, everyone has a story at the end of the day. And, yeah, uh, unfortunately, yeah, there's not been so much uh, in the last couple of years or since I've been supporting them to to shout about but uh, but hey well let's see if things are going to change on that regard then so um in terms of free agency the bears were also fairly active i think the the biggest splash in free agency was getting robert quinn from the cowboys uh i mean for a 30 year old linebacker uh, it's quite quite a hefty uh way you know he's got 14 million a season for five years but of that only 30 million is guaranteed so really the out is after two years um it, you know if they want to get rid and of course you got jimmy graham in at tight end uh, and related yeah. to that i saw you'd released uh trey burton who was yeah. um highly touted at one regard so you know out goes one tight end in comes another more experienced more proven 
But then there were a few outs as well. So we mentioned you lost uh, Kwiatkowski, uh, linebacker to the yeah. Raiders. Uh, yeah. Long, long, long time backup QB actually, Chase Daniel. That was a surprise to see. Uh, well, Foles Sol- Sol- came in, so um, yeah, I suppose we were going to mention that. But uh, you know, Len Floyd, Haha Clinton, Dix, Prince of Mukamura. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of big moves, but of course you brought in Foles. Uh, without talking about specific transactions, is what are your initial thoughts on the Bears' free agency? Are you quite happy as a fan? Are you quite disappointed? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fairly disappointed because they they say they're in win now mode, and I mean they've got Jimmy Graham or whatever. Like I don't know how much win now that is, but they say they're in win now mode. But I, I read that this is the first draft in 11 years where they've got a compensatory pick because they're deemed to have lost out in free agency, uh, and they got a fourth round compensatory. So you know teams that and they've got they've got hardly any draft cap. Uh, so, or to move up to get somebody. So, you know, for a team that's been supposed to be kind of a win now with a championship defense and all that kind of thing, it it, it doesn't feel as strong as maybe maybe it, it could have been. That makes sense. Um, but bring, bringing Quinn in is cool. Like the, the pass rush, um, they should should be back to some sacks this year. Yeah, I think you're going to have a scary defense again this year. It's just whether the offense can do enough to get you those wins to get into the playoffs and it's fairly fairly tough division and it you know it is going to be for the foreseeable future with the the vikings and the packers in particular the lions seem like they're habitually in rebuild so i'm not too confident on the lions but no, uh, no they're, yeah but uh, yeah you know it's going to be defense first there certainly so, uh, Mo, what are your thoughts on, you know, talking from a fantasy perspective on signings of Nick Foles and Jimmy Graham in particular? Well, well I, I hate the Jimmy Graham one. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um, Nick Foles, uh, yeah, I think that's a great one. There, uh, like to mention, it's, uh, it's win now at the moment. So um, I would, uh, I, I like, the, I like the Nick Foles kind of add some more competition with Trubisky. Uh, I think he's a legit QB. But Jimmy Graham, I'm, I'm just. I'm just, I was surprised by that one. Yeah, it Jake... feels odd when you think that they could have gone after Hooper or OJ Howard or somebody, uh, you know, a bit more dynamic. Yeah, it's true. And the money's not far different. He's still getting $8 million a season. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, the guarantees are $9 million. So he's pretty much got a one-year deal there, but uh, it's not cheap, you know, as tight ends go. So there's a fair amount of money there. And Chiggs, I know on our AFC South episode, you mentioned you're a big fan of Nick Foles. So do you think he will eventually take over the helms from Trubisky? And if so, how soon into the season? Um, Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Foles is an upgrade at quarterback over Trubisky. I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes, obviously, with the whole situation at the moment and you know, um, camp's going to be probably shortened. So that kind of ability to win the job in, in camp may sort of disappear. But, you know, I can see him beating Trubisky out. You know, if he doesn't perform in the first few weeks of the season, we could see Nick Foles come in pretty early into the season, you know. So I'd definitely be taking a punt on him as a, as my sort of QB2 in a super flex league. 
QB two. Wow, interesting. I, I, I don't think he. I don't think he's. I don't think you can build a team around Nick Foles as your QB one. But I think he's a very, very good second quarterback if you happen to play him in your in your flex position. I think I'd be worried if he's my second QB in a mm. super flex. I'd probably want him as my third, as the bye week option almost. So I'll uh, ask a fan's perspective first. So, Chris, do you think Folds has been brought in to eventually take over the helms, or do you think no, I think he can keep the job his own? I, I think it's. Um, I don't think either of them are the future. Um, I think they got Folds. I mean, maybe not money wise, but reasonably cheap pick wise they obviously needed to do something for Trubisky personally I'd have preferred uh, Cam Newton or Dalton or to be honest pretty much any other QB because Foles is he really he's, I don't want to diss him because he's got an amazing feeling he was the MVP and I think it was that Super Bowl where we, we, were, we were texting and we we're saying oh it's, it's now the most yards in a Super Bowl ever and I was like no it's the most yards in a game ever and um, you know he's, he's the MVP in that game so his ceiling is sky high but he he can't really stay injury free He's a bit of a check down guy. He doesn't run or use his feet, which, um, you know, Nagy and Andy Reid derivative quarterbacks, they like they like that options in those offense. So I'm not sure he's the answer, although I'm glad they brought somebody in. I'm glad Ryan Pace didn't just say, I know what I'm doing. You know, Trubisky will be fine in the end. We'll just roll with him and chase <laughs> Daniel. I'm, I'm glad they actually shook it up a little bit. But but I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure that, that either of them are, are, are the answer. really. Yeah, he's got a more credible threat now behind him to push him i suppose so yeah so here's the question then so i didn't mention in the intro but chris you know we met through playing in a dynasty league um that uh, some of us are no longer in but we won't you know mention that but it was my first venture into dynasty um and you know we did it was a it was a very good league very competitive league but if you're if you're in a startup in dynasty now or even trading for I think that QB three, maybe QB four. Who would you rather have, or who would you rather trade earlier, Trubisky or Folds? I think I'd, I think I'd rather have Folds because he's always going to hang around as a backup. He's got a ring, you know. He's he's a proven quality backup. He's going to hang around more, and he's going to be in and out of rosters. Whereas Trubisky could be out of the league, you know, if if um if he doesn't make it on the Bears this season, and if 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 Pace goes, Pace is really his only fan there. Um, then I think Trubisky could be out of the league in a couple of years. So, so from a dynasty point of view, I think I think Folds is better. Obviously, redraft you'd probably, depending on who they announce as starter, you'd think Trubisky might be the better option, at least starting in in the first few weeks. But I think it's yeah. Folds. And Paul, we we all know you love QBs. So if if I you if you're Paul, if you're drafting one late, who are you taking, uh, Trubisky or Folds? I'll be taking Folds. I reckon Folds will be the starter by week four that early personally Interesting. yeah i do if, if, if the season starts sort of normal-ish i know it's going to be slightly if it's um if then if it's not too delayed i mean we know it's already gonna be a bit delayed with regards to training camps etc hmm. i've got one last point on Foles. um he's um he's from that andy reed coaching tree which matt Nagy is as well or he's used to that so yeah starts late they can actually slot him in quite easily uh, in theory uh, and also point. he's um w- one of the things i've heard through some of the like fan zones with Trubisky that i think it's a leak from a leak from camp is that they had to really simplify the playbook for him because he's one of those guys in college who's just physically dominant 
you know he just basically kind of like high school kid who could just run over people or run around people or was just quicker and faster so he doesn't actually know um playbook <laughs> he wasn't actually very very good at, at being a QB offense wise and I don't think Pace did his due diligence properly so when he arrived in camp they had to just tear up most of uh, Nagy's playbook when they, when they brought Nagy in the second year so um you know actually bringing Foles it Foles can, can do that so actually it might what it might do for the Bears offense if you get Foles in is yeah he's not as dynamic but it might open up the playbook and then suddenly you can go back to these jet sweeps and the end of rounds and all the Matt Nagy Andy Reid kind of weird stuff uh, might make that <laughs> a bit more potent I'll tell you one thing you don't do is uh, trade up for Trubisky. I I mean, yeah, but but that was the worst draft. uh, One of the worst drafts of all time. I'm not a draft draft historian, but, but, um, you know, they they, they missed Mahomes and Watson. Obviously, they left them. (laughs) And they traded up. I don't know who the Niners had at QB at the time, but they traded up one spot with the Niners, who then just took a defensive light. Defensive lineman or something. Uh, Solomon, yeah. Solomon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so but, were they even going to ever go QB anyway? Probably was, not. Was, Why did he? Was Bill O'Brien the GM at the time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's probably the worst trade ever. But then the um, second round, they took Adam Shaheen. Uh, and then George Kittle went like 12 picks later. Oh, that's gone so, uh, yeah, not not a great draft, really. <laughs> it's always painful when you look back at what could have been. Sometimes it's better just to look forward and say what can be, I suppose. Yeah, you left I've the top, top tight end and top QB of last season on the board. <laughs> when you what took, do you think of a, a QB? Sorry. Uh, David Montgomery, obviously speaking of draft, <laughs> kind of, you know, I wouldn't say a bust, but you know, he um very highly touted going into last season, you know, rookie drafts, didn't really deliver. You know, there's obviously a conversation between him and Miles Sanders as you know who's gonna go higher yeah. in the rookie drafts. So, yeah, do you think he's gonna have a bounce back season or is is he just not the guy? Well, I think you have to bring in other factors in and one is one is the Trubisky playbook. Uh, yeah. lack of knowledge that I mentioned and actually if you bring a proper QB in who can read the read the, the line read the defense a little bit better and who can audible more naturally then you might actually get a bit more out of Montgomery but second is the O-line and last year the O-line was was dire I think it was 29th run blocking or something and some measures I've read said it was if you take overall running stats it was last overall um, and Montgomery he is I, I mean he he's partly to blame because he didn't do much after first contact or tackle, but at the same time, he's kind of a he's kind of a downfield. He he makes the cut and then he he heads off downfield. And if if your line blocking so bad that you're getting tackled three yards behind the line of scrimmage, you're not really having time to make a cut. So prop, or a proper cut or, or you know get into the secondary. So I think I think I don't think he's fantastic and he's going to be you know like go high on him. But I think he'll I think he's worth more than his ADP is. Not by a huge amount, but I think he, he's got a decent chance, especially if the Bears draft. We'll get onto their draft shortly, I guess, but especially if they beef up the O-line. Yeah, and I was going to ask, you know, you famously don't have a first with uh, the trade for Khalil Mack, but you do have an additional second as part of that same trade. So I think we're looking here at pick 43 and 50. What would mm-hmm. you like the Bears to address, and what do you think they will address as part of those picks? And I'd actually like to see uh, Pace, um, I'd like to see them trade down and bulk out the middle bit because actually there's um, there's some good, 
obviously there's a lot of good QBs in this draft and a lot of wide receivers and, you know, it's tied as one of the best receiver drafts and so on. So actually, um, some of the safeties, cornerbacks, defensive linemen could, could drop a little bit. So I'd like to see, rather than what Pace has got form for, which is trading loads of picks to move up eight places to get his guy, I'd just like to see him wait wait and then just get whichever guy have have a draft board and th- there are a lot there's obviously some high top prospects but there's a lot of guys who are decent quality who can sort of challenge in camp for the starting position in those kind of second to fourth rounds i'd like to see him actually do that with the picks and he's got um pace has got a really good record in the second he's got a terrible record in the first round i mean we've talked about Trubisky and there's kevin white and leonard floyd and um but in the oh, wow. in the second round he's got a pretty apart from shaheen he's got a fairly fairly decent um, like second to fourth round. I think he's got like Eddie Jackson and a bunch of defensive guys. So, so um, I know I've avoided the question and <laughs> not, not, not said who I'd like to see them take, but I, I'd like to see them trade for depth, basically, and get four or five decent defensive backs and offensive, you know, maybe three, three defensive backs, two, two linemen, all in that second to fifth round. Uh, and then that would actually spread the depth out and maybe boost the team a little bit, a little bit more because we we are lacking in depth. Yeah, our front seven's amazing, but we're pretty terrible everywhere. And, and Alan Robinson, but other than that, we're, I think we're pretty pretty terrible to be honest. In terms yeah, of so that, that's an interesting one you mentioned because I'm um, you know looking at the running backs and Montgomery we've discussed. Tariq Cohen's very uh, good pickup in PPR leagues. He's a bit of a PPR darling with his catching ability. Outside of that, you've not got anything. So it wouldn't surprise me if you go for a day three running back. Um, and I know this class often talked about the QBs and the receivers, but I do think there are some talented running backs who can be had late. So I think there's going to be a bit of pressure on Montgomery personally to deliver, whereas I think Tariq Cohen's yeah. role is fairly safe as that PPR third down back um, in, in, in a catching those passes, taking those screens. That's interesting because I've not heard much from the Bears about running back being a need because they've got O-line is so much higher than a need. You know, you could put Barkley behind the Bears O-line and he'd be pretty terrible, to be honest, because you need to beef that up first. And then um, if they want to be like a championship defence, they've lost so much on corner and safety because they're, they've got good players who need good salaries. Actually, they need to get cheap guys in. Um, and then... That then you know they, they need a they need probably a tight end or a, a, another wide receiver because they've only really got two two NFL quality receivers. Um, so it's interesting that you mentioned that. It's not something that I've heard running back. I would have uh, thought they would go down the route of just pick somebody up off off the street probably. Yeah, and by running back, I do mean a day three guy. So either you round yeah. five, round six. You know, yeah. um, uh, I think you'll pick up one of those who fell down the board. But yeah. uh, didn't so, yeah. but yeah, you know, with with the investment in Montgomery last season, I don't think it's going to be like a round two, round three pick or anything like that. No, okay, fair enough. Yeah, they got two six and two seven, so got maybe of one first. of those. Yeah, 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 or maybe hopefully, like I said, if they do, if they do trade forty three or fifty for a bunch of fourths and fifths, they might be able to, or third, a third round or something, they might be able to get someone there. The one position we've not... Sorry, go on. You can say yeah, it. No, actually, I was going to ask... You mentioned wide receivers. Um, on, uh, on, I guess, on a fantasy standpoint, I presume you meant Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller as the, as the wide receivers that they have. Any yeah. sleeper wide receivers you may see that, that are presently on your roster? There's, there's honestly nothing, nothing that I can... Um, I mean, you've got, you've got Cordero Patterson, who's fantastic in 
all-purpose yardage leagues. Um, but outside of that, he's just so inconsistent game to game that um, you know he's probably not he's probably not startable unless you've got very you know unless you're starting five, six, seven receivers. Um, you've got Riley Ridley, who's more name than game. I think uh, he's got a famous brother who's good. Uh, I'm not sure he. I'm not sure he is. Um, but that said, he didn't really play much last season. So you know, and when he played, I think he did score. A, did he score a touchdown? I think he did score a touchdown his first or second game. So, so you know, maybe give him a bit more time. Um, and you've got you've got Javon Williams, who's kind of a journeyman. Uh, to, to be honest, I, if they if they draft a, um, a a big physical receiver who could be a tight end slash receiver, um, <clears throat> I'd quite like to see that like a hybrid hybrid receiver tight end I would put him as a sleeper because with um with Alan, Alan Robinson and Miller are both really physical guys so if you have a third guy in there um I, I think you know even if they pick someone up late um some of the people I've heard is, I, I'm not a college guy so forgive me if I miss anybody out but I've heard um some some of the Bears draft uh, predictions have been late Stephen Sullivan who I think is a second tight end for LSU He's a he used to play wide receiver and then he started playing tight end for for LSU and he's he's basically not he's he's a competent blocker but he's basically a a receiving tight end so somebody like that but unfortunately sorry I've gone off on a tangent there but in answer to your original question not on the roster I'm afraid <laughs> no, no sleepers oh, on the yeah. roster but I see anyway I, I'd be happy for you to tell me different. No, no. I mean, uh, I mean, if anyone, I mean, more or less, the only reason I would, uh, I would say Ridley is because I'm, I'm slightly invested in him in this dynasty league. But that's right. something easily you can just cut out. It's just a matter if I should keep him or not. By the sounds of it, I guess not. The famous brother is all he has going for him. I, I think, like I said, he, he didn't get much chance last season. Um, so you know, I think he started playing. Miller got a shoulder injury, and he started playing then, and he showed a little bit. And maybe with Foles in there in a better O line, maybe he gets a chance to to build it up. Because you throw any rookie receiver into that offense last season with Trubisky and Chase Daniel backing him up, then you know <laughs> you'd have to be a pretty exceptional receiver to flourish in in that. So I think you should hold on to him. But you know, if he's done nothing by halfway through, and he, or he has one good game, try and trade him. I, I would say, but oh, it does nice. depend on the draft as well. Depends on the draft. If they if they go big on a receiver or a tight end, then yeah, probably not. Ah, nice. Well, it's certainly uh, going to be an interesting uh, division to follow. Uh, I think the Bears have got their work cut out, if I'm honest, to try and make the playoffs. But yeah, the the, the draft can do amazing things, and you can get generational players. Uh, even though you don't have a first round pick, you can get. Uh, franchise changing players in the second third or even later round so um you know let's see what happens in that season but um yeah. you know, it's going to be an interesting interesting division to watch i think regardless mm-hmm. well, well my take on the bears prospects is, is if you can if you can push trubisky or you can sort the a-line out or you can get souls makes good decisions yeah he's not he's not particularly dynamic but he makes good decisions he's not doesn't turn the ball over too much so if you can if you can Plug the goal, plug the gaps in in the secondary through the draft. Maybe pick up a third receiver. Then I think you can limp. You can sort of limp into the playoffs. Maybe because I think they're only one or two games off. I guess the NFC was very good last year, but um, you know the wild. They they could limp into a wild card spot, and then you've got Foles in the playoffs. 
he's pretty special in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> he's know, certainly got pedigree, take, that's for take sure. Him all, take him all the way. So, but no, I'm, I'm not, I have to say, I'm not hugely optimistic, uh, but, um, but we'll see. <laughs> well, as fans, we've always got to have a bit of uh, false hope, I suppose. So, um, yeah, yeah. Let's see how it goes. But, uh, no. People again. Well, Chris, I just want to say thanks a lot for joining. Really appreciate your uh, inputs as a Bears supporter. Um, you know, good good me. luck, good luck with the draft, and uh, good luck with the season ahead. And uh, love to have you back on sometime. Yep, yep. Thanks for having me. Um, good luck to all your teams and uh, in your rookie drafts as well. <laughs> thanks, uh, I appreciate. Like thanks. Yep. Hope to be back soon. All right. Speak to you before, soon. Before mate. you go, Chris, um, yeah. Any uh, any tips you've got for the rookie draft? Obviously, you've got some of your, of your own. Any guys you're targeting or not? Not really, to be honest. I, I like to see landing spots first, um, because I know it's only the first team, but it's it's the next potentially four or five years of, of their career. So um, I, I, I do think I do think landing spots makes a big difference. So um, no tips from me, but I probably take um, <laughs> I probably take Joe Burrow if I had a, if I had a good pick <laughs> in a superflex league. That's just my my this is my strategy is always take good QBs who go high in superflex leagues because they'll be massively tradable even if even if they don't work out I like that strategy <laughs> <laughs> you, you've actually got to trade them Paul for them yeah no, stop hoarding all the QBs <laughs> I will eventually <laughs> alright thanks a lot guys awesome. cheers Take Chris take cheers. care cheers. bye, bye. Okay, so next up in the NFC North, we have the Green Bay Packers, and representing the Packers, it's a good friend of mine, uh, Willem. And Willem, you're originally from um, near Cape Town in South Africa, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was driving from Cape Town, um, a little town called Fraserburg, and uh, yeah, grew up there and uh, university in Stellenbosch, and then I moved over to, to London for work, yeah. That's where we met, in London. Yeah. Uh, so how did you get to supporting the Packers then, Willem? Well, you know, growing up in South Africa, rugby is obviously the dominating sport. Everybody, everybody plays it or watches it or coaches it or refs it or does first aid or whatever. So kind of used to that sort of contact sport vibe. And then uh, when I moved here after a few years, I thought, well, I need something when the rugby in South Africa finishes end of October, uh, something to to plug that gap in November, December onwards for a few months. And uh, and obviously, American football is a contact sport as well. And I think it all comes down to, like, adrenaline, collisions, all that. But I was thinking about it today, and it actually comes down to one thing. We we all enjoy the violence in the sport. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, and then I started looking at teams. Um, growing up in South Africa, we don't see a lot there. So, you see some of the branded stuff coming out in T-shirts and caps. So, you see the... The Cowboys, the 49ers, uh, the Dolphins, you know, the old school teams and the Patriots and Giants. And I, I wasn't really keen to support one of those teams. So I uh, started looking into a bit of the history. Um, and I liked the history of the Packers. And I liked some of the players like Jordy, Clay Matthews, um, obviously Aaron Rodgers. But at that point, I didn't realize he was that good. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a different different setup and a different history i like the history of the team and uh so yeah I, I, I thought well there's no point in trying to learn a new game and you watch the games but you don't really care which of those two teams win so you gotta pick a team 
So if you're not watching them, at least the result of the other game might have an impact on your team season. So you got to pick a team, you know. And it was all just, I wouldn't say downhill from there, but I was yeah, completely hooked. Yeah, Chiggs, I hope you listen to this because, uh, uh, Willem, I know you know Chiggs. Unfortunately, he's not on um, on this recording, but uh, Chiggs still hasn't picked a team. Yeah, he, uh, he, he has a few and he has a few players. So we always give him a bit of stick for that. So Chiggs, pick a team. <laughs> uh, uh, and again, I'm going to say sorry to one of our other friends, Cash, because uh, your uh, reasoning is a lot more uh, solid than our friend Cash, who said he supported the Patriots because they were geographically the closest team to his house in West London. <laughs> so it's like, yes, of course that was it. Nothing to do with all the all the all the Super Bowls and yeah, all of that with Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, that's actually my reason why I originally uh, supported the Giants. Because it was it was really a straight toss up between the dry, dry, Giants and the Pats. But the Pats were so bad when I started watching rugby and the Giants uh, um, American football and the Giants were pretty good. So I kind of slightly skewed the line a bit. <laughs> not not the Jets then because they're playing the same stadium yeah, I could never follow the Jets <laughs> <laughs> thankfully we did find somebody who does so uh, talking Packers then uh, Willem you weren't too active in free agency but there were a few big uh, outs and a few ins as well I think the big ones you know probably Blake Martinez who's left to join the Giants Brian Beluga who's left as a tackle to go to the Chargers uh, Jimmy Graham, um, you know, big signing, I suppose, for the Bears. They stayed in division, but don't think he really did much uh, in a Packers jersey with the time he was there. Uh, but then you did bring in Kirksey to sort of replace uh, the loss of Martinez and then Ricky Wagner from the Lions. So again, in division to replace Beluga, uh, Belaga, I should say. But, you know, what are your thoughts on your free agency as a Packers fan? Are you broadly happy with what they did or quite disappointed? No, no, no I'm, I'm all right with it because I think last season, last offseason, they were really, they needed to make a couple of big signings and they did with the Smith brothers and, and so forth. But um, <clears throat> this year, obviously, you run into a situation where they have to manage the cap space a bit more and all that. So... I'm all right with that so far. I mean, Kirksey seems to be a... He's got a lot of leadership qualities. He seems to be a good player. He had injuries last year. Um, I mean, I was a big Blake fan, but um, I think Kirksey is, is the same or hopefully an upgrade. Um, wide receiver that needs someone, but I think... I got Damon Funches from the Panthers, but... Uh, sorry, was he with a, somebody else? Oh, he's at the Colts last season. Colts. He, he's moved around a lot, though, hasn't he? So. But uh, I think with the, the, the draft class being so strong at wide receiver, they um, try to get somebody with more experience in free agency and then they'll pick up somebody who can hopefully uh, start delivering this season already as a starter or, or close to that because it seems like there's a lot of a lot of good wide receivers in this draft. So overall, I'm fine with it. I didn't expect free agency to be as big as last year, and um, but I'm quite excited to see what they do in the draft. I mean... Yeah, it can go uh, normally unexpected. So, Mo, as a Panthers fan, what are your thoughts on Devin Funches? Because he did, he did have a breakout year at the Panthers uh, and, you know, thought that this is it now. He's a leading uh, receiver, but it's not really worked out for him um, since. So what are your thoughts on him as a player? Um, 
David Funches, I mean, I think I think he lacks the work ethic to actually succeed in the NFL. He that was one of the biggest issues we've had with him. Um, and his and he just loves dropping catches. Um, he, he, I think is is I I don't I don't see him as a number two on the team. Um, I think he might be like more possession, uh, more situational receiver, maybe in the end zone. It just adds a you know a nice big target for um, uh, for Rogers to kind of throw to. Uh, outside of that, I don't see much value in Funches. I mean, he did miss all of last year because of injury, but um, uh, I mean. To, to to succeed as as a as a wide receiver two or a one, I, I just don't think he has a work ethic to do that. And I think he actually had some issues in Michigan State and, and sorry University of Michigan um, during his college years there too. So uh, I, unfortunately, I don't I don't I I don't believe he's a good pickup. Maybe in situational uh, plays in the end zone, I think I mean it, it does give does give uh, Rogers a huge target to throw to. Yeah, and I think we saw a bit of that in the Panthers' all-or-nothing season as well a couple of years ago. Um, Funches always looked like there was a bit of a selfish agenda there. looked quite stroppy. Then he got the injury, um, had a couple of arguments. But I said it's funny because the year before that, he had the breakout year and really had a good season and probably won a lot of people fantasy titles and stuff. But, um, you know, the way it is, as you say, He's he's got a bit of a reputation to redeem now, hasn't he? But maybe with a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, that's exactly what could happen. So, um, you know, good luck to Funches out there. Uh, so, I don't want to don't want to bring back sore memories, Willem. But <laughs> you did get to the NFC Championship game. Um, some great performances in the playoffs, but then, unfortunately, San Francisco, that running back train you just couldn't stop it and they sort of ran all over you but how do you feel uh, about where you are as a team and just your season last year looking back you know with first season with Lafleur as well how do you feel as a fan about the coaching uh, and your season last year well I mean I was actually thinking about it this week and um and uh, reading up some old stuff and well we were 13 and 3 last season and at one point last season I thought well That'll be a great result, but uh, I mean, well, even before last season, if you told me we were going to be 13-3, and three, I would have taken it. But um, for a first-year coach, a uh, fairly young coach, um, I think they did extremely well. Um, I always want to go further, and I was terribly disappointed when we got knocked out. But um, there are definitely some spots that I have to strengthen up and uh, some things they have to, to, to iron out, like the run defense, little linebacker, that sort of stuff. Um and strengthen a couple of other positions. Uh, but I mean, like, I don't want to say whenever you have Aaron Rodgers on your side, you have a chance because people have been relying on him too much. But every now and then there are pundits on uh, NFL Network and so on saying, well, he's over his prime, over his prime. I said, yeah, fine. But I'll, I just sit back with a little bit of a grin on my face because I'll still take him over most of the other guys. But... They need to sort out some of the some of the position groups, and um, I think they'll still be in the running this coming season. Um, yeah, I mean, it obviously the the 49ers especially highlighted one big flaw in the in the squad, so they have to address that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so looking ahead to the draft, then you are sort of pick thirty. Uh, it doesn't look like you've traded away or accumulated much draft capital. I can see you've got three in the six but you know that's all late day three stuff so what do you think the big needs are then to address in the draft 
is it O-line and protecting Rodgers to stop the likes of the 49ers pummeling him down, or do you think there's greater needs? Well, I think primarily it will be inside linebacker and uh, wide receiver, but ironically they picked up two in the free agency, but I think they need guys that can really step up and start this season. But if it falls to 30 and there's a better player available in different position, they, they would largely go for the best available player. I do have a gut feel that Brian Gudikins might actually trade that position. If, if, if somebody great doesn't fall down to 30, he might move back. I think that's something similar last year, just like into the top of the second round and, uh, and get more and more picks there. Um, so, yeah, my gut feel is that you might actually move that pick, but it depends on the players fall. You know the draft's unpredictable. So it could easily be a O-line guy or a D-line guy. Um, it doesn't have to be one of the other two. So um, I think uh, I mean, it's, it's open for all kind of... All kind of so, so does that then mean you're not going to be staying up till... 5, 6 a.m. for your pick because you think they may trade it away then? <laughs> no, I mean, like, for a couple of years, I was keen on, like, I used to watch it and then you kind of, they don't pick the guy you expected to pick. So from last season, from last year's draft, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to put my hopes on any, connected to any sort of player because they always go with something, somebody either different or somebody you totally did not expect. So now I just, like, play it as it comes, you know. So, yeah, I won't... <laughs> I don't think I'll stay awake, but uh, we'll see when, when Thursday rolls around. Yeah, absolutely. And then looking ahead, looking at your sort of receiving core, I know you touched on it. Do you think the big miss there is a real speedster? Because you've now got two big-bodied guys with, you know, I mean, Adams is capable of everything, but you've got Adams, you've got Funches, you've got the likes of Lazard and Valdez Scantling, who showed themselves to be good in the slot uh, at times so is 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 it that speed receiver you think you're missing then is that what you think they'll target yeah i think uh marquez valdez scandling was supposed to be that speedster last season but uh he kind of just sort of hit a bit of a bit of a downer through the middle of it. um i'm not too sure especially what specifically they're looking for i mean there's talk about Jefferson that might fall to 30. I think if he's available, they might take him. It sounds like he's a, he's a flexible guy that isn't a start to anything. Also talk about, like, Cheneau in the second round, maybe. If those guys are available, you don't know which guys move up or down. So I wouldn't say there's specifically a, a deep threat that they're targeting or a slot receiver. Um yeah, I think I think it's going to come down to a best available player uh, around that position, and also what kind of calls you get from the other teams, you know, especially with that round, round uh, first round pick. Okay, so then looking ahead, uh, you know, from a fantasy perspective, um, I think Rogers, considering where he's been drafted has had a couple of down years especially last year with it looked like a change of dna to more of a run first sort of team so paul i know in our mock draft you took aaron Rodgers still fairly early so are you are you banking on like a, a rebound yeah and you think he's a top three qb potentially again or what are your thoughts on Rodgers in fantasy no i don't i don't really think he'd be a top three qb uh you know he's still Particularly in Dynasty, actually, he's just he is getting on in years. 
compared to some of the others that are out there. Um, they've got such an explosive running back, but he's you know he's good everywhere. He catches too. He I I, I like him in um um no, no, not in PPR or such, but by points per points per completion. You know, they, uh, the team he's in at the moment with lots of relatively small passes, lots of wide receivers, lots of lots of pass catchers on mm. the team. I think he's he's got this. It depends on the scoring in the system, but um, you know, he's still a a great player. A great, you know, he's still a great quarterback. But I probably did reach a bit early in the mock draft. So then, getting a fan perspective, what are your thoughts on uh, Rogers William? Do you think that they're just Deliberately dialing it back? Is it just the the Lafleur system, or do you think he's going to have a bounce back year for fantasy purposes, where he will get a chance to throw in a thirty five, forty times a game, perhaps? Yeah, I think it's last year being the first year with a new coach, a new scheme, and all that. Um, I think they managed all right to pick it up. He's obviously one of the more intelligent guys around. Uh, if they manage to bring the tight end more into the game. Uh, get Bob Donnie and Sternberger, those guys up to speed. Uh, get another guy to support or draw defenses away from Devonta Adams. Um, I think a lot of times you can extend plays, but guys don't get open, especially with the bunch of young wide receivers they had over the last two years with the three of the drafted two years ago and then Lazard and those guys last year. Mm. Guys don't get open that much. So I think if they give him the right targets... He's going to connect. He's going to put the ball where it's supposed to go. The guys just have to be there. So, in terms of earning points on that, I think I think my expectation is he's going to be stronger than last year. Planning the scheme better, you know. Obviously, it's easier to get the run game going with those two good running backs they have. Um, but, yeah, they're going to make the most of that because both of those guys will probably only be able to give... Uh, Aaron Jones will contract later on, and Jamal will probably have to go somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, they're going to make the most of that and, and, and hopefully open up the passing game. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you touched on the running backs there. So you think that they may trade away Jamal Williams and then give somebody else a chance at, at the backup role there? Yeah, I mean, not before the season, maybe end of the season, because they were both drafted the same year. Jamal was actually fourth round, Aaron Jones fifth round, and uh, Aaron Jones is obviously going to be demanding the new big contract, and uh, I think Jamal will probably go and look for a starting job somewhere else. I don't know. Depends how the season goes, but I, I don't think that they'll be able to give new contracts to both of them. Um, they'll probably look to pick up another. I think they'll definitely pick up a running back in the draft. Mm. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. And yeah. then it seems like you've been drafting receivers for the last few years and in big numbers. So, you know, I can see a, f- uh, a few that have still, I mean, we mentioned MVS, but you've also got Equinemius St. Brown, um, who's not really done anything yet. Lazard, who came into it a little bit last year, but still inexperienced. Jake Kumaro, who I know uh, Roger's a big fan of. But are there any players there who you think could have a breakout season? Well, I mean, like I said, Markway's got a bit of a dip and, and, and the word is that people believe he'll make a sort of a step up back into it again. But Equinemius obviously was out all season with the injury, so he's got the talent there. So I'd, I'd like to see him get more opportunities this year. But um, 
I think I think they definitely have to pick up one of the wide receivers in this in this draft. You know, seems like there will be guys available in, in the second round, even late in the second round, uh, that can actually make a difference in terms of wide receiver. Mm. Yeah, but they need somebody to help out uh, Devante. He can't do all the work. Going back to uh, going back to the running backs for a quick second. Um, any thoughts on Dexter Williams? As a possible number two, if one of the, if you if you decide to go away from Aaron Rodgers, or Aaron Jones, and uh, or Jamal Williams. Well, yeah, I think um, he had a couple of issues with uh, with blocking and blitz pickup, and with the uh, receiving as well. He had a couple of drops, but opportunities are so so few. You know, you got to make use of those. So he's still there. Uh, he's obviously got the talent. So I'd like to see him get more opportunities. You know, hopefully okay. they. They load him up in preseason. I mean, fingers crossed if preseason, preseason goes ahead. <laughs> True. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the guy's obviously very talented. Uh, he just had a bit of bad luck there with, with some of the blitz pickups and the uh, a few passes that he dropped. Oh, good to know. Is that Mo trying to tout one of his players and build up his value again? I just, I just, oh, that, that too. But uh, I just wanted to see if I, I mean, it's good information to know if I should hold them or drop them. Looks like I'm looks like I'm I'm holding him for a little bit longer. <laughs> I'll give you five fab for him, Mo. <laughs> so, um, just uh, closing out then. Will I'm confident you can win the division again, or do you think the Bears, Vikings, or uh, Lions will be stronger this year? Well, um, I think it's going to be pretty even again this year. I think I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. I don't want to be arrogant, but I'm confident we can win the division. Uh, the Lions are the Lions, you know. We'll see what moves they make in the in, in the draft. Uh, seems like the the Vikings obviously lost Diggs, and they seem to have some movement on the defensive backs. Uh, the Bears got Jimmy Graham from us, but um, they obviously have a bit of a, a two-horse race there at quarterback. So that's going to be actually, I think, something quite interesting to watch in the preseason is the two quarterbacks in, in, in Chicago. Um, so, yeah, long story short, I'm confident we can uh, we can win the division. But, yeah, it's still a long way to go. There's a couple of spots that have to beef up the squad. And, uh, yeah, take it from there. Yeah, I think people may be underestimating the loss of Stefan Diggs at the Vikings uh, because just with the qualities I think he possesses, and this isn't me trying to put up his value as a, dynasty owner but i think just with the qualities he possesses it did often allow a lot more time for the likes of thielen um so i think we may see a bit of a dip in that offense but you know and they've lost their oc in uh as well so yeah. um you know that could be a big change there but uh yeah interesting takes and um you know i'm, I'm a fan of the packers um i think it just a team that has a very good community spirit you can see that the entire city turns up, always a sellout. You can always tell that it's a good crowd there. So yeah. definitely a team with the right sort of history and culture. So um, look forward to meeting up again when all this uh, is over, Willem. I think we're overdue quite a few lunches and beers and so on. So um, yeah. take care of yourself. Thanks for joining. Thanks for all your insights and uh, good luck to the Packers. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, I'm keen to see what... Uh happens in the second year of the new coaches scheme but uh thanks for having me and uh, we'll catch up later we will and we'll have you on again all right no cheers. take yeah. care cheers, cheers guys thanks, cheers. bye
Great. Okay, so uh, next up then in the NFC North, we have the Detroit Lions, and representing the Lions, we have our friend KP. So KP, how are you doing today? Hey guys, thanks for having me on the show. I just wanted to say I think you guys have been doing an amazing job, and it's been uh, it's been a soothing uh, tonic in these distressed times, you know. So. <laughs> That's very nice of you to say. So uh, you 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 are a Lions fan. How did you get to supporting the Lions then? Well, I think a, a few of us started watching NFL. A few of us university friends, including Chicks and a few others, started watching NFL about eight to ten years ago. And then at which point you had to pick a team. And I've been to Detroit a few times. I've got, I've got family there as well. So it sort of was a quite a natural fit into what I uh, into you know a team who I've watched pl- play a few times as well. And you know, and it's um, it's been trying at times, but but it's uh, it's entertaining because you do get to complain about it quite a lot. So <laughs> and you always seem to get early picks as well. <laughs> as <a person laughs> I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's oh no, that's, great, that's fair enough. That's how you get great QBs like Matt Stafford. True, and let's see. You know, you've got a very, you got a set of early picks again this time. So before we talk about the picks, just want to touch on free agency because I mean, I was looking earlier, and you've had probably one of the most, uh, one of the busiest free agencies out of all of the thirty-two teams. But a lot of them were sort of direct replacements in a way. So you know, you lost Glasgow uh, as guard. Gratefully, he's gone to the Broncos, I'm quite happy with that. But then you've got Vitayan from the Eagles. Uh, Jamie Collins uh, has come in from the Patriots, but you did lose uh, Devon Kennard. Uh, I like that you added uh, corner help in Desmond Trufant, uh, you know, good veteran player there. Could pair very well with the player that you're tipped to get in the um, draft, but we'll touch on that. Uh Good uh, help in Chase Daniel, uh, you know, as a veteran backup QB. Uh, I think some of the players who did have a go last year, uh, I mean, Driscoll um, showed a few glimpses and um, I forget the name of the guy who started a few games. Oh, David Blau. Blau. David Blau. That was it, David Blau. He had a couple of good games, but again, not start worthy. Uh, But as I said, you know, looking across the board, a lot of of transactions here. You're definitely one of the busiest teams. And of course, you accumulated the additional third for trading away Darius Slay. So you did need help at corner, but he seemed like he wanted out. So what are your thoughts just generally on free agency in the lead up to the draft? So, as you said, a lot of these players that you've, you mentioned are defensive players. And I think that's been reflected in our, and I think that has been an, an area that needs to be addressed, not just last year, even though in terms of yards against first downs, interceptions, and passing yards. We were among the worst two teams in the NFL last year. So it was clearly an area that needed to be addressed. Um, And even previously, we we haven't been particularly good in the secondary. So a lot of these picks that I mentioned, Jamie Collins, uh, Trufant, um, Harmon as well at safety, I think are a big addition to our team. And I think what helps in these times when players are where we will probably have reduced practice as well going into next season. A lot of them have played in a Matt Patricia system and with each other. So that should probably help help the cohesiveness of the defensive unit. Yeah, and it's funny because you, you bought in Patricia, who's known to be a, a you know very good defensive coach. He was the DC at the Patriots. 
um, over many successful seasons. So it is surprising when you outline the how easy teams scored on you, um, you know, in that regard. So and then also you lost Snacks Harrison, um, big cap saving there though. So that was a cap driven move. But you know, looking ahead to the draft, then uh, you've got pick three. In all your answers, said you accumulate the extra third also for trading Slay, and I can see a, a, an extra fifth as well. But uh, what would what do you think the team does with that pick three, and what would you like them to do as a fan? Yeah, so that's really interesting thing that I know has uh, divided a lot of Lions fans out there. I the easy sorry the easy answer obviously is to go for Okuda, who's being heavily scouted and given. Bob Quinn as GM, that will probably be, be what we do uh, as a replacement for, for Slayer cornerback in the long term. However, as I've been discuss- discussing with a few other fans, I think Isaiah Simmons is potentially the better pick. Um, he's a bit more of an all-round player and with, these, and with the more dynamic nature of offenses in the NFL these days, it, 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 I reckon Isaiah Simmons is the, the type of defensive player who can not just play but excel at multiple positions. That is what you need in the in a next-gen uh, NFLD. And his stock really rose in the combine as well. He was a combine uh, freak, basically, you know, uh, amongst some of the, the names. So you'd rather have Simmons. What would you feel about the team trading down and accumulating extra um, draft capital? Because there are a few teams who may want to move up to get a QB, for example, you know, to try and get um, Tua or Herbert, potentially? That's what um, Bob Quinn has been trying to block for the last few weeks, but I know he's not really had many buyers, given you have Detroit at three and the Giants at four, neither of whom need a QB, and then five and six who are going to take QBs. So it's it's pretty hard to get good value for that draft pick, given the needs of the of the teams around us. So I don't think we will, despite Bob Quinn's best efforts. Ah, interesting. Uh, these things often happen on draft day, as you've seen, you know, yeah. with the Bears in your division, trading up to get uh, Mitch Trubisky and passing on Deshaun Watson <laughs> and, <laughs> sorry Chris, uh, Deshaun and Patrick uh, Mahomes, of course. But uh, yeah, I was looking at that pick and I thought if the Chargers want to move ahead of the Dolphins, then who would they target? And I don't think the Redskins will want to give up on Chase Young. He seems like the outstanding player in, across all players in the draft. So um, it'd be interesting to see. And then outside of you know that first round, I said you've got early picks in all the rounds. What are the other needs you'd like the team to address this season in, off, in the offseason? Sorry, in the draft even. In the draft, I know the offensive line could do with a bit of help, but I think something that really stands out to me is someone like Jonathan Taylor at running back for, out of Wisconsin early in the second round. At the minute, we only have Kerryon Johnson and Bo Scarborough, although we've been pretty closely linked to Fournette. Oh, but I think getting a, a young uh, running back who's who's been putting up stellar numbers would be a big, uh, big statement for us and, and especially when you look at the rest of our offensive weapons like Marvin Jones, Golladay obviously who we can talk about for hours and hours Amendola, Geronimo Allison who we got recently from the um, 
from the um, Packers, yeah, from the Packers, exactly. In division, yeah, yeah. And the run game is where we've always lacked a lacked a meaningful presence. So if we can, you know, if we can develop some sort of running back by committee out there with Matt Stafford back and healthy, that would be a meaningful addition to our offense. It seems like everybody's forgot the one week one week wonder or one week waiver wire wonder Ty Johnson <laughs> as well as part of that that running back committee. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on Kerry on then as a Lions fan? Because he came into the league very young, a twenty year old running back. You actually moved up in the second to get him, if I recall. You know, so you traded up. I own him in a league that few of us are in. I'm a big carry on fan, but with with every season something happens and there's an injury and you're like you know is is he going to be one of these cursed players or what's going to happen so what are your thoughts as a fan on carry on it's pretty hard to see him developing out of that running back by committee role partly as a function of injuries as well which i believe is which i guess is just a function of the style how he plays and how he runs you know uh, he's likely to get injured and he has missed quite a few games in his first two seasons in the league however at the same time i think uh, it just doesn't feel like the coaching under patricia want to give him that opportunity to be a three down running back uh, which is why i think they are definitely looking to beef up on that position um as a fantasy uh, player he does promise much because as you know when he does have good games he's exceptional mm. but it's it, it it's hard to trust him consistently week in week out and that is something i find where there are similarities with his um performance in real life as well yeah absolutely i mean it would be a big splash if you were to get uh, i mean i know you mentioned uh, mentioned jonathan taylor i think the big three running backs or most people's um running backs the top 3 are jk dobbins jonathan taylor and deandre swift so if one of those goes to the Lions, it really does muddy those waters or it could really spell the beginning of the end for Kerryon, who was that first splash, really, for uh, Matt Patricia as head coach. You know, as I said, he traded up to get him as well. So then um, what are your thoughts then on the receiving core that you've got now you generally happy? Do you, would you like to get some additional depth there? Um, you know, you've got some great players in... Golladay and Jones, Amendola, uh, Patriots guy. Allison had a few, few you know, good games with the Packers, but never really um, made his mark. But are you happy going in to the season there, or do you think? Well, there's... let's put it this way: we do have, we do have a lot of cap space, but there are a lot of and there are a, a lot of issues that need to be addressed. The offensive line, as we discussed, lots of parts of the D, the running game, but I think. With uh, healthy Matt Stafford, the receiving core is not something that I am particularly concerned about as a Lions fan. I think that is something with his throwing arm, and if he's back and healthy, he does make average receivers look good, and we do have some pretty good receivers there. So it's one part of the team I believe is actually functioning on a good day, can do extremely well for us. Do you, do you think uh, Stafford's ready for an injury-free season? Um <laughs> He's, not not that the team that has sure? helped him much in recent, no. you know, with the lack of O line. He's been a bit of a target for defenses, but on his day, when he's fit and healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and that showed, you know, with the contract he got, which was 
the highest paid at the time. Of course, being superseded now by many other QB contracts, but yeah, it was 150 million over six years or seven years, I think, at, at that time, which is an absolute beast. Uh, he's still quite young. He's only 32, I believe, 31, mm. 32 years old. So he's still, when you compare him to quarterbacks of a similar playing style, he's still got another four or five years of good production. And while it would be crazy to say that, you know, we could be a team in contention even for the playoffs this year, I think looking at the average age of the offense and the defense, we are building quite nicely towards a competitive team in about two or three years' time. But then the, the question really is, is, for me, is more around the coaching stuff, which is, um, which is a bit up in the air. As I'm so, sure you can guess. Do you think this is Patricia's last year if he if he has another horrific season that he's a goner? I reckon it could be Patricia and Quinn's last year if they don't, uh, you know, make some good... Uh, Quinn's not... If they don't sort of put a good t- team together, given they've had the opportunity to completely revamp the roster and also get good high picks in the draft and also spend spend money as in when they see fit. mm yeah, as you know, I said you've had a few years of early picks now, so this probably has to be it for them. You know, it's hard to watch a team with just three wins in the season as well. So, um, think, but it's a it's a difficult division as we've discussed. You know, the Packers and Vikings both got far in the playoffs last season. Packers actually made the NFC Championship game, um, so it, it's not a not an easy division out there. And then the Bears, you know, if they do actually get a competent quarterback. They've got a scary, scary defense there uh, and added Robert Quinn as well. So it's it's a tough division um, there. So, you know, and three good defenses. So you do need, if you can get Stafford time uh, in the pocket, he's sort of player who can make amazing passes and open up defenses and stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be intriguing watching the Lions because as you say, there's a lot of uncertainty there around the coaching and, um, you know, in a tough division, a very challenging division um, out there as well. I think that's the key, right? It's it's an extremely tough division, probably one of the two or three toughest divisions out there in football right now, especially when you're playing the Packers and the and the Vikings every week, and now with the Bears, exactly as you say, with a with a good quarterback, they could be an incredible team. So yeah. it's it's from that perspective, it's hard to be optimistic. But it does feel like a lot of our recent issues have been self-inflicted. So, you know, all you really want at the end of the day as a fan is to watch good football as well and good games, right? And hopefully we don't blow games like we did against the Cowboys last year. So <laughs> we gave like three touchdowns in the last quarter, I believe. Oh, that yeah. was on Thanksgiving Day as well. Yeah, yeah that, that was game. one. Yeah. Um... Okay, so one player I'm really interested in to in hearing your <laughs> thoughts is, uh, and again, you know, no hidden agenda. Big I do a dynasty league, but TJ Hawkinson came in with a huge reputation from Iowa, uh, being talked up as a sort of generational tight end. Had a monster game a week one or week two, but then didn't do much in the passing game. Then got injured. You know, had the concussions and stuff. What what are you hearing about Hawkinson and what are your thoughts of him? You know, with the with the limited amount you've seen him as a fan. I think he was a was he a second round pick last year or a third round pick? No, no, no. He was a 
he was first, first round. round. He went oh, pick sorry, eight. First first he was your pick, pick, right. pick seven, yeah, pick eight. He's, um, he, I think they still, we have Hawkinson and Jesse James, I believe, Jesse as James. our two, um, two tight ends. And there's still a lot of investment made in Hawkinson. He got a new four-year contract just now, just this, this past off season, oh. I believe. No, you mean James? oh Jesse James? Sorry, Jesse. yeah, Jesse James. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, Hawkinson on his second but, year of his rookie but, deal. No, no, no. Sorry, uh, Jesse James. I meant uh, Hawkinson. Um, is um, there's a lot of belief in him within the organization. I think last year he struggled with the issues around quarterback and also the injuries to the uh, to Johnson and running back impacted him in in terms of the expectations on his workload. Um. Assuming we have sort of fewer injuries to key positions this year, I think he could be an important player, and he's he's clearly demonstrated huge potential in that. I know just one game, which is why it's he's you know he's quite, but he's quite frustrating as a Lions fan. But it's it's still exciting to see a young talent develop yeah. in that role, and with the and with a very young average age of in the offense, it's quite um, quite looking forward to this season. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I'm not I'm not selling him as an owner. I think uh, if I sell him now, it could be a decision I regret, um, and I'd get nowhere near um, a price that I think would be agreeable to a buyer. So, um, you know, for Dynasty, we've discussed before, Hawkinson is a hold at the moment, but uh, yeah, no, I was just keen to get keen to get your uh, your views as a fan. So, uh, what would be a reasonably good season? For you, do you do you think it's only if you make the playoffs or getting a certain amount of wins? I think we've sort of we've evolved from a team that was that was doing okay under Jim Caldwell, uh, and then he was fired because there was no sort of apparently no vision in terms of what we were trying to achieve, and then now we aren't even winning. So I think <laughs> getting back to getting back to winning ways and having a winning season would be a good start after two pre poor seasons which take you back to the uh, to 15 years ago really unfortunately and the <laughs> dark times um so uh, a winning season would be a good start and that's no mean feat in a league with the, some of the other in a division sorry with some of the other teams we've discussed okay well um you know a, a lot of a uh intrigue on what's going to happen with those early picks um i'm certainly going to be watching with interest um I've got a sneaky feeling. I think the Lions may trade down and look to accumulate extra capital, but it depends, as you say, if they can get the right price, um, which quite often often happens on draft day. So uh, let's see. But you know, for the time being, I mean, draft is only in a, a day or so, uh, so we'll we'll find out very very soon. Let's look forward to. Exactly. Well, just want to say, KP, thanks a lot for joining. Thanks for your insights as a fan. And, um, you know, good luck to the Lions with the draft and the season. And uh, we'll have you on again at some point to uh, either talk the Lions. If you if you say you wouldn't, you'd rather not talk about the Lions, we can talk about fantasy in general. So <laughs> we'll keep that. We'll keep that dialogue open. But no, thanks again. And we'll have you on soon. Thanks, guys. Uh, let's focus on the fantasy football next time. I think we've uh, discussed all the uh, <laughs> as much of the Lions as we should. Uh, enough said appreciate the invite guys stay safe no worries take care stay safe